welcome to episode 5 of the BYU Animation Podcast. I'm Aaron Ludwig. This is part 2 of our interview with recent BYU Animation graduates, Jake Wyatt and Anthony Holden. Remember to check out their work at jake-paperlife.blogspot.com and sketchadventure.blogspot.com. What, what's your guys' mindset when you when you sketchbook? Like, when I sketchbook? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, Do you know who this is? I can't even tell what orientation that's in. Is that Gollum? Nah, man. Is that... It's lying on the ground. Who is this? Is that Sawyer Holden? Yeah, do you know what he's doing? He's playing with his truck, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it depends for each drawing, but, like, these are obscenely crude, but with enough prompts. If it feels like, <laughs> lying on the ground, that's what he needed to know. What orientation you know, well, it was several drawings that were overlapping each other, and I but couldn't like, quite tell. Sawyer was moving so quickly that all I really wanted to get was the intensity of the child focused on the track. On the he track. really loves those things so much. Yeah, because I was like, oh my gosh, you're so into it. And like his little butt up in the air. <laughs> so anyway, so sometimes it's that, and then sometimes like I really want to do... Like where? Okay, like like a... It depends, man. It depends on what I'm going for in the moment. Like, this is... Uh, here, this is about, like, pattern and value and getting the figure right and finding... Is that all ballpoint? Uh, no, that's, that's Black Prisma. Yeah. The writing's all ballpoint. Nice. So it depends on what I have time for. Yeah. But, but uh, I always choose... Consciously choose an objective. This is what I want. And then I go after it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because if you just idly draw... I mean, that's great. Sometimes it's so fun to um, I was looking at Sam Bosma's blog the other day. Yeah. Oh, cute. Yeah, right? Um, he's like a baby Christopher Robin. Anthony Child is so much cuter than him. <laughs> he is a pretty precious little boy. Um, but I was looking at uh, Sam Bosma's blog the other day, and it said, uh, it was just like a bunch of doodles, and it said something to the effect of, no thought went into any of these drawings. And it shows. <laughs> uh, and I think that I think that sometimes it's okay to draw like that, and that it can be very cathartic and even kind of like therapeutic. Yes, yeah, not emotionally. You need to do that. Yeah. So you just like chill out and turn your brain off. And usually, when I turn my brain off, I wind up drawing like really stupid things, and that's okay because like I think it's good to just sort of like let that out every once in a while. Conan the Barbarian, <laughs> for example. <laughs> uh, well, and I think that that's okay, and that's that's a necessary part of drawing that needs to happen. It's kind of like an artistic release, but like uh, this is a conversation that Jake and I have a lot: is the idea of so many flavors of awesome, and there are so many things within art, and not just like animation art or comics art, but just like art in general. Um, there are so many things about the discipline to know and to be good at and to study that you can't possibly nail them all at once, yeah. especially not in a sketchbook. Because, um, like, that's a place for logging ideas um, and, and noticing things. And, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a field book. It's like basically, oh, I noticed this thing. I better make a record of it so I don't forget. That's what I like to think of a lot of times when I'm keeping a sketchbook. It's because, like, I'll notice things like, oh, man, that person walks so interestingly and, like, try and document the rotation of those hips. Because, like, oh, that's such an interesting way to walk. What does that tell me about that person's character? And then you document that in a sketchbook. Because if you're just sitting there, like, making lines about something, then you're like, yeah, I've represented the thing that I was looking at on a page, but if you weren't thinking about what you were capturing... Because um, I like to think, oh, well, I'm learning a lesson by watching this thing. In order not to forget the lesson that I'm learning right now, I better document that. Yeah, yeah and, like, um, and, and, and not just thinking about the thing that you're capturing, but, like, so specifically, what do you want to capture? Mm-hmm, exactly. Like, like is this... Because, I mean, those... I wish, I wish you could show these on the podcast. Those Sawyer drawings are so crude. 
Yeah, but like you said, he moves so quickly. Like, you can't do anything but crude draw. Yeah, so you pick what you want. And, mm-hmm. and, and then, like, sometimes you need, you need to draw the value patterns that appear on people's faces so that you can, through value, if you want to, say in a comic book, minimally resent, represent the human face through a couple black blobs. Right. It's, uh, anyway, but so, so you, you yep. need to you need to take it all in, and you need to know what you're taking in when you do it. Sometimes it's about contour. Sometimes it's about value. Sometimes it's about rhythm. Sometimes it's about gestures. Sometimes it's about nailing likeness. And so, like, if you sit down, you're like, "Man, I'm gonna nail likeness and get the greatest rhythms with like the sweetest values on it." You're gonna be sitting there for hours. Your your subject will have. Yeah, that's no longer a sketch. <laughs> that is now a frame. If you if you accomplish all those objectives, like that's a masterpiece, and you can't do that. You cannot do that in your sketchbook. Um, yeah, and, and that's fine, but like usually I like to pick one or two. Be like, man, you know what I really want to work on today? I feel like my drawings have been lacking rhythm a lot lately. Yeah. And then, and then in order to do that, I'll try and pick the most appropriate tool, and I'll just get like a willy, or a really wet brush, or something that I know I, I have to move quickly or ink is going to start leaking all over this page. Um, and be like, I, want, I have to nail this rhythm, and, boom, and just lay down thick brush strokes to get rhythm. Or, like, you know, if I want to do contour, like, I'll, I'll get, like, a really fine point pen. Or, like, you know, if I want to do values, I'll get something thick and chunky that I can draw values with. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there are a couple, like, I like what Anthony said that a lot of it depends on the tool. Like, because mostly what I carry around is a ballpoint pen, I've learned to do a lot of different things with a ballpoint pen. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, yeah, so when I want to do value and all I have is a ballpoint pen, I have tried to do that with the ballpoint enough and failed. So that I have a system, like, I have a way that works for me to really quickly represent value in ballpoint pen through a series of overlaying, overlaid scribbles, yeah. but it really works for me, like, it's how I do, right? So I think that has a lot to do with it, is, is to uh, figure out how to get what you want with the tool that you have, too, uh-huh. which is a fun game to play. Well, and I think that that's really, everybody kind of comes to that point in their art career, like, where you're studying, and, and there's, like, the professor that loves to, like, push your tool. See how many different marks that you can make with this one tool. And you're sitting there with a piece of charcoal, and, like, by the end of class, like, everybody's, like, throwing the charcoal at their page, because, like, you've, like, run out of ideas. <laughs> um, but, yeah, maximize your tools. And then another really fun thing to do is, like, buy a tool that scares you. Yeah. Or, like, buy a tool that's, like, kind of expensive or, like, scary for another reason, and see what you can make it do. Or if you're big wuss who can't commit, like, try to draw out of your head in ink. So one of the one of the coolest things I've learned from being Anthony Holden's friend is that you can draw out of your head with any tool that you don't need to, like, carefully build the structure. If you've practiced that enough, you can just project that onto the page mentally. And and now I draw, I make, just make crap up in ink, which is something that I've never had the guts to do. Um, it terrifies me every time I do it. It's thrilling. Um, but yeah, man. I don't know. Yeah, do something that scares you every once in a while, or you're not going to grow as an artist. Yeah. If, you, if you're not freaked out and lost at least half the time that you're working, then you're probably not advancing yeah. at the proper pace. Well, and you're rarely treading water. You're usually, like, making progress, or you're sinking. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like, be, be scared. Do things that are adventurous. Yeah. Always do, yeah, do something at least, at least once a day. Try and do something with art that you're not sure you can do. Yeah. Like draw Baby Sawyer. Or, or like, man, this pipe tree thing is a total flop. Like, like the, the, the big painting that I'm working on is supposed to be the money shot. Wasn't sure if I could do it. Turns out, 
I can't. And now that I'm done with it, I've learned all the things that I need to do it right and have no time to do that. And it will forever be a monument to my failure. But I tried and I learned. But, yeah, I grew so much. You don't learn those things if you don't fail. And that's what, like, that's why I love looking at bad drawings and ugly drawings and making ugly drawings a lot. Um, is because, A, from like a design standpoint, I like to think that you, you haven't fully explored all that you can in a design until you push it so far that you've broken it in every direction. And you're horrified by it. <laughs> <laughs> so you create a disgusting little homunculi all over the place. And then you pull it back. You know, the homunculus is a word that they made up for that series. It's not a real word. I'm just saying. It is a real word. It's not a real word. It is a real word. No way. It is a real word. No. Have you never read Hellboy? He made it up too. No, no, they did not independently of each other make up these words. Homunculus is a real word. No, man. You, yeah! <laughs> anyway, so, like I'm saying, um, hate you. <laughs> God, this why do we hang out? This is why we get along so much, they know how to push your buttons. Um... <laughs> Um, so, yeah, like, make ugly drawings, and, and, and I think that's great, because, like, um, when you fail like that, it means that you're growing. And, yeah. And at least that's what I tell myself, so I can sleep better at night. <laughs> so, like, because, man, if I spend all day failing at something, I go, man, I was pushed to my limit today. Yeah. Um, and I think it was you. Was it Frank Thomas or Ollie Johnson that said... Frank It was Thomas. Frank, yeah. 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 <laughs> There wasn't a day that went by that I just, that I was said to myself, I picked the wrong career. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not good enough to do this. <laughs> and I think you should be thinking that. I think that's healthy. I don't think, like, if, if you're thinking that to, like, a debilitating degree, I don't know that that's very healthy. Yeah. But you should be, like, a little bit scared. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I guess just kind of last question. What, like, you guys are graduating, you know, leaving the programs behind to, you know, us and of 19-year-olds and stuff. Uh, really talented 19-year-old girls. Yeah, <laughs> really good. What the hell? Where did that come from? I don't know. What What? We're already what would you guys, now. like if you could just give one piece of advice, maybe you already covered it, what would you, what would you give to, to people in BYU Animation right now? Okay, so I, I only have one ready, not because I think of good advice all the time, but because I recently... You may know this. I hero worship John Singer Sargent to a degree that is unhealthy and may be considered idolatry. And I'm not even kidding when I say that. Like I feel prompt things from John Singer Sargent more often than the Spirit. Tell them what happens when you make a drawing. Oh, every time you make a drawing. Every single time I make a drawing. Every single time, which is you know all day, every day. Have you heard this already? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Because seriously, there should be a bracelet made of this. Go ahead. I... What's the buzz phrase? What would Sargent do? I hear, I hear in my head the voices of John Singer Sargent or Alex Toth. Or sometimes even, like, like contemporary artists like, like Paul Pope criticizing me and telling me what I'm doing wrong and explaining to me what, how it ought to be. Or even questioning my very methods, like, you really think that this is a figure drawing? Like, you didn't even measure. Like, like you really, are you satisfied with, with living this way? Like a worm? You don't spend time on anything. And, like, I hear them in my head chastising me all the time. And I didn't, I didn't know that not everybody else did this until I tried to talk to Anthony about it. Yeah, it's not normal. <laughs> I was told that I was unhealthy. But, okay, so, 
believe it was Jed that told you you were unhealthy. Yeah, Jed told you. don't hear Milt or anybody. I hear him too. That's not solid. You're out again. Backsheet. Oh, man. I never hear Backsheet. Backsheet is a specter. He is a spirit that teaches a man not to pray. He's not somebody you want in your head, Okay, so I'm reading the sergeant advice, and because all of it sticks with me. And he said his biggest advice, if you wanted to be a good painter, and I feel this way about everything, I really do, um, he said, get abroad. Get out there and see life and observe it and draw it and have a time and get muddy and... I wanted it to be get abroad, because I could have done that really easy. Get abroad, hippie. <laughs> No, it's it, it's uh it's it's get out there and live, man. And like all my most important developmental moments artistically, I think, or maybe almost unrelated to me making art. Like I didn't, I, I don't have a lot of philosophical or artistic breakthroughs working on projects. What about the Grand Canyon? Like yeah, like 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 when we went down to the Grand Canyon. Uh, <laughs> Richard jokes that I corrupted Scott and Natalie, but like I just couldn't draw. Like it, it, everything was too magnificent, and I wanted to taste the wind, and I wanted to get sand in my eyes, and I wanted to sweat and ache and climb around and fall and um, jump off sand dunes. There, there was so much to be experienced. Sometimes you have to get out of the lab, stop drawing, and go find out. And Kelly likes to say you have to have a life to create the illusion of life. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he coined that phrase. Probably not. Um, <laughs> but that's what he says. It's true. He says it. It's absolutely a true statement, too. And yeah, man, like, taking the semester abroad and going to Italy and blowing a bunch of money over there for no really good reason. None of those classes counted towards graduation. One of the classes I had taken already in the illustration program. Like, um, But man, just getting out there and smelling and seeing and having that time in kind of a vacuum, like, away from blogs and friends and my normal influences, uh, was one of the most illuminating and enlightening experiences of my entire life. And helped me put a lot of things in perspective, like, not just artistically, but in terms of what is important to me in life. And unless you do that, you're going to turn into a weird cubicle person. Like, you you get so, you know, study hard, whatever, work really hard, uh, get out there and live your freaking life, or you will look around and you will have made a bunch of movies. You will have made a bunch of, of artifice. You will have created a bunch of artificial life, and you will have none of your own. Yeah. And that's not what we're here to do. Mm-hmm. We're here to we're here to live. So make sure you don't let animation get in the way, or your goals get in the way of your life. Yeah. Well, and even as you're saying those things, like think about how many of the nine old men, like the masters of the craft the men who essentially invented animation. And they all had... I don't know why this was a thing with them, but they all had trains in their backyard for some reason. Yeah, and, like, but started like, yeah. bands. And they all kinds of weird extracurricular crap. Yeah, the Firehouse 5 Plus 2, man. Like, that's like... Yeah. You... Yeah, because you're a person. You're a whole person. We are not the things we create. Yeah. We make images, but as I am not an image maker... Yeah, you're a person first. And and you make images and that's what you do. That's not who you are. Like like I I go uh regardless of how much work I have cuz I didn't swim for years and years and years and years because I had too much work. I was too busy and I got you know, s- floats too easily. Yeah, I got <laughs> sick of it, man. I just got sick of it. And like unless I go to the pool for, you know, 45 minutes an hour every day, I get all 
freaked out and can't focus. And I'm just, uh, yeah, just live a little, man. Have a little fun. Eat really good food. Meet new people. Make friends. Scrape your knees. Learn a foreign language. Play an instrument. Yeah. Be a, be a full person. Because where are you going to get your stories from? Like, the movie that I'm making right now is an idea that came to me in a subway station in Milan. Because I was wondering what the freak was between me and the street. Because there wasn't a ceiling. Like, it was just this cavernous thing. They kept going up and up and up and up. And I was like, what's yeah. up there? Yeah. Are there bats up there? Are there people up there? Um, but yeah, man, so go and do things. You'll never even get any cool ideas. Yeah. Well, and think, I mean, uh, to put a little, like, spiritual perspective on this, like, we came to the earth to experience things that we could only experience with bodies. Yeah. Because we had, like, there are certain things that we came here to learn. Like, we were, we were perfectly content hanging out with Heavenly Father. And, but, like, there was all, there only, you had to have a body to experience and learn certain things. And that's why we came here. So, like, come down here and live your life and experience all the things that are grand about being here. Um, yeah, and that's how, that's where the best art comes from. It comes from your soul, because you can't make people feel if you don't feel. A little known fact about me that I would like to go on this podcast um, is that according to my family of Southerners, I cook the best fried chicken any of them have ever had in their entire lives. I cook really good fried chicken because I spend long hours every summer frying chicken at least once a week <laughs> for friends and family. And, like, you should have something up besides art that you're really good at. Like, I'm not kidding. I'm really good at frying chicken. Probably better than I am drawing. Like, I'm, I am I make a really, really good buttermilk marinade, and then I make a really, really, really good... Um, We'll post that recipe as a supplement. Excellent. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's, it's not just the recipe. There's a lot of this about timing, the temperature of your oil, at various stages of the cooking process. There will be a video podcast to follow <laughs> up. But no, so I'm just saying, like, you should have something besides your art in life um, that you're proud of and that you do well. Like, you know, like being a dad or frying chicken or being a husband. Being a dad is the only playing, playing the flute or, I don't know, whatever you do, man. You should have something besides art that you work towards and are good at or you're going to get weird. You're going to lose perspective on life and think that art is the only important thing where, when art is really just an illusion. Deep. Cool. Um, Anthony's turn. Yeah. Uh, I'm eat some sog. I guess, it, um, foremost, there's a couple of things that I, because I actually wanted to talk about that too, so I think what Jake said is really, really important. I'm glad that you covered it so that I didn't have to talk for like 30 minutes. Oh, I'm going to punch you in the stomach you don't even have. Can we do that off tape? Um, my spine. Um, Crack. Um, my hand. I guess the... Uh, what I think of first and foremost is your relationship with God, and that kind of comes first in life, generally. Um, and that everything that you are and everything that you are able to do is because of Him. And that if you're not in really close contact with him, and, and if you don't have a really good relationship with him, then you're not able to maximize the things that he's given you. Um, and the, the industry that we're in, and the thing that we're trying to do, is very public, and very, like, we're conversing with people, essentially. And, like, if this very public talent that we've been given... Um, is misdirected, or if you take that in a direction that, like, that God didn't intend you to go, then, uh, you know, not, the best things won't happen, I feel like. And so if, 
if you want the best things to happen for you, and, and you want, like, the most to come of the talent that you've been given, if you want to turn your two talents into four so that you can be proud of yourself when the Lord comes back and demands, you know, of you what he's given, what did you do with the two talents I gave you? Um, and if you want to be able to, like, look at him and say, well, I did the best that I could, then... I guess what I try to do, and I don't know that I necessarily succeed, but what I'm trying is, like, you know, try and say, well, okay, God, this is what I think I want to do. Is is this right? Can I do this? Is this okay for my family? Um, and and keeping close with Him will keep you on the right path. Um, and, yeah, and that, like, I think is a really good motivator to work really hard. Um, and so, I mean, I think hard work is, is part ingrained in, like, Mormon culture. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, like, a thing that we do, but work really hard, because this is a meaningful thing that we've been given. I think it's really easy to write off, well, I just do cartoons, and, like, they're fun, but they can be meaningful. Um, like, animation has touched my life and, like, made me want to be a good person. Um, and I think that it can, it can be a force for great good. Like, I'm not saving lives like I'm a doctor, but, like... When a doctor is busy at work making money, like, I control the minds of his children. No, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a thing. Like, this is going to sound really dumb and really weird. Go. Um, but I didn't believe in God until I was 17 years old. And all of my actions, the only moral compass that I had was Peter Parker. And Peter Parker showed me the man that I wanted to be in weird ways, and kept me... I wanted to be good because being good was cool, and being good was heroic, and being good... Like, not just being not bad, you know what I mean? Like, I wanted to be good, and so I did a... Not believing in God, I did a lot of service, and I helped a lot of people, and I improved myself as being to the point where I could no longer not believe in God, um, where, like, I started to, started to see his hand in things even when I didn't want to, um, because of Peter Parker. Because I wanted to be like him. Not like Spider-Man. I wanted to be like Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And, um, and which, which is an important distinction for me. Well, and, and, and so, like, yeah, you, the, the stuff that you do, the, the art that you make, even if it's for 12-year-olds, um, or even if you, it's about spandex, like, no matter how ludicrous it is, can really touch people. You mm-hmm. can really change someone's life. And if you let the Lord guide that, you can help a lot of your brothers and sisters home in ways you can't even imagine. I was just listening to Michael Shaven. I got some of his work on tape. And he said that all art is half of the secret handshake, um, and that the other half is in the acceptance of the viewer. That you put out your secret handshake saying, I feel this, this is good, this is cool. And people either shake your hand or they don't. Um, and if you can put out a handshake that will bring people back to Heavenly Father, or that will even just turn them into better humans, make the world a better place, you can shake a lot of hands that way. Yeah. And I guess um, while it may be within the power of certain people to do that on their own, um, I certainly didn't trust myself to be able to do that. Um, like I said, like came to BYU thinking I was going to teach Japanese for a career. Yeah. Um, I didn't know. That's what I came here for. But like, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even have like thought of coming to BYU had it not been for the MTC. <laughs> Like, when I was a missionary, I had such a great experience at, at the MTC and thought to myself, man, I want to work here. In order to work here, you have to be a BYU student. And I came to BYU, like, almost exclusively to teach Japanese at the MTC. And then I came here, and they didn't want me. 
And I was at BYU, and I was like, okay, Lord, well, I came here because, like, this is where I felt like I should come because I felt like I should, like, go help people be good missionaries, and now I'm not doing that, so I'm just going to do this thing now. And then he was like, well, how about cartoons? And I was like, okay. And, like, this is literally how it happened. And then I did it, and then I was studying, and then everyone's like, well, we did this 3D thing, and I was doing the 3D thing, and I was like, well, God, I don't really want to do the 3D thing, and I don't really, like, feel like my, my spirit's in it. Like, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't jive with this. Is it okay if I stop doing the computer stuff and only draw? Which is, you know, a scary thing. And he was like, yeah, that's fine. I said, okay, if you say so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. and then did it. But, like, you know, if, if you don't have him guiding you, you're making all those decisions on your own. And I don't, uh, frankly, I can't do that. Uh, that's scary for me. And let him guide you, even if he guides you into some weird detours. Like, because when I came back to BYU, I prayed about where I should go do volunteer service because I felt like I needed that in my life. I helped inadvertently some of my friends get married in the temple and start families like because of a really apparently insignificant decision about where I wanted to go do service that led to so many blessings for so many of my friends that I'm sure that I'm sure that the Lord would have blessed them in other ways and and you know how to plan B because you don't want to put all your your eggs in my basket right um, or any of my but yeah, man, let yourself get led. Don't be afraid to get led on detours or in places where you're not planning to go, like into animation or into teaching elementary reading as a job while you're an illustration major. Um, as far as then, I guess, if we can move on to, like, practical advice. Because sure. I think, like, it, the spiritual advice, I think, comes foremost. And, like, it, without that direction, like, you're nowhere in life. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, the practical advice, and this is what I was thinking of as I was, like, formulating, how am I going to get a job? <laughs> um, I thought to myself, the three things that I need to accomplish are, one, get my skills up to par. Be competitive. And then, two present those skills in a professional way, and then three, get those things seen by the right people. And those, that, I, don't know, I don't know, those are just rules that I made for myself as I like sat down and was like, okay, how am I going to get a job? And those were the three things that I thought of. And it was one, yeah, get good enough that I can work with the people that I want to work with. Two, make sure that the presentation of my skills is such that my work doesn't get glossed over or thrown away immediately. Yeah. And three is put that work in front of the right people. Um, so yeah, I think that in order to, to be competitive in the field that you're looking at, you have to know everything that you, that you possibly can about what you're shooting for. I don't know anything about lighting because I haven't spent three years learning about, uh, learning lighting tutorials or learning like who great lighters are or anything like that. I don't know anything about it. Um, but with the internet and with things like blogs where lots of artists keep personal art blogs... I knew the caliber of work and the sort of thing that was expected from somebody who wanted to do storyboards. Because, like, I follow a lot of story artists' blogs. I'm like, oh, okay, that's how you sketch. Oh, that's a cool way to approach that. Oh, that's a novel way to tell a story. Oh, and, like, you know, this is the level of stuff that I'm shooting for, and if I can't get my stuff at least close to that, I I shouldn't even bother applying for these jobs, right? (laughs) And so, like, once I had gotten my skills to an area where, like, I felt comfortable, <laughs> not even, like, showing it to someone else and being like, do you think these are good? But, like, where I felt, okay, this is good enough that I want to show this to a professional. And once I got there, then, yeah, I, you know, like, found, well, how, how do professionals compile their work when they put it together so that it looks professional when you present it to someone? 
I want to, I want to, okay, because Anthony and I have talked about this, and this is like the exact same process that I've been following. We can kind of agree on this as a sure method. Um, so, I'm not going to, like, restate We're both employed. So yeah, I'm not going to restate that advice, but to embellish it, um, don't kid yourself. Do not kid yourself. Be as hard on your work as you possibly can. Be gruelingly, punishingly hard on it. Because if you're not, then you can't hope to compete. Like there are a lot of talented people in this world. So many talented people, and I, and I, did, the, I did the very same thing with uh, with the portfolio comic book work that Anthony did um, with his story and design work, and I took it by the most critical, angry people that I knew every time that I had it done better, like the same pieces over and over again, and said, "Okay, now what's wrong with it?" And every time I got something new from everybody, and I fixed it and fixed it and fixed it and fixed it and fixed it, and fixed it until. Because, you know, after you've got it done to your best abilities, you need to take it to somebody else so they can tell you why you suck still. Like, that's what learning is, isn't it? It's doing the best you can and then be told that you suck. Um, so take it back until your teachers really don't have anything to say anymore. And make sure that they're telling you the truth. And be, like, kind of aggressive with them about it. Like, browbeat them and corner them and make them... Because, like, it, you need to make sure that your work is par. It's yep. not, not going to catch anybody's attention unless you're possibly better in some way mm-hmm. than people that they already have in their employ. Yep. Because I, I actually heard this a bunch of times uh, when I brought around my comic book stuff, was, oh, this is good. Yeah, we got a guy who does this. Um, and you need to be doing something that that guy doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, you need to be not just professional grade when you get out of school, but maybe have something up on at least one or two of the artists already employed, or <laughs> where are you going to get in? Yeah. So anyway, so be gruelingly hard on your own work. Like, yep. step one is, is is rinse and repeat, man. Yep, absolutely. You can't be, well, I feel like I'm better than I was last year, so now, no! Yeah, no! Put your portfolio together. Well, these are sketches that I was doing like three months ago, and this is what I'm doing now. They don't want to see your progress. They want to see your best work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be, be real good um, before you go out And there. then I think the, yeah, like, professional presentation is important, but you should understand that, like, you know, how you put it together. Because you can have, like, raging awesome skills, and if it looks awful when it's put together, it won't get a second glance. You know? um, but then the third, and I think, like, maybe, like, the other most crucial part is getting your work seen. And if your work does not get seen, it does not matter how awesome you are. Mm-hmm. Because if people don't see it, Nobody knows about you to give you a job. Yeah, if a portfolio is shown in a forest and no one is there, it never <laughs> happened. Um, yeah, and, like, seriously, if you don't know who the right person is, email it to everybody. Yeah. I'm dead serious. Do it. Do it indiscriminately. And and kind of maybe be a little more aggressive than you're comfortable being. Remember when you were a missionary? Or remember when you were assaulted by missionaries and then joined the church? Like, remember that and go after people that way. Like, like we, we I joked around with Anthony... Um, he, he actually did a much more, I think, um, elaborate and uh, and comprehensive. He had a much more elaborate and comprehensive campaign for getting hired than I did. Um, you know, I, the only thing you really can do in comics is show up at a con and attack people. But I made sure that I had all my stuff printed up nice. I wore a shirt and a tie. I had little pass-along cards to give to people that were three pages of my work, just in case they didn't want to look at my portfolio. Okay, well, here's a free comic. Hire me. And it had, like, all of my conceivable contact information on it. And, uh, yeah, man, 
go and be aggressive and email people that you wouldn't be comfortable emailing. And yeah. And you can find those resources easily. A lot of people list an email on their blog. If they don't have a blog, sometimes they like, internet stalk them. They don't know what you're doing. Like, I looked up so many people's contact information every place, every place that it could possibly be listed. If it wasn't on their blog, I saw if they had a Facebook page and had it listed there. If it wasn't on their Facebook, I saw if they had email on LinkedIn. Yeah. If they weren't on LinkedIn, I went to LinkedIn the character. actually works sometimes. If they weren't on LinkedIn or whatever, like, I would go to, like, the character design blog spot and see if they'd ever been interviewed on character design and left contact information there. And, like, really, really exhaust your resources and be like, how can I get in touch with this person and, and find people whose work that you think is totally awesome and then be like, well, I think your work is totally awesome. What do you think of my work and how can I get better? And, and that was how I met the people that, like, um, essentially got me in at DreamWorks that were just like, hey, yeah, you should come for a tour. You should come meet people. And, like, I went to the campus for one day and, like, had lunch and met a bunch of people. And, and I think that that was what went really well for me is, like, I got to, like, shake hands and meet people. Um, but I think as far as, like, what you put in stuff so that people remember you, like you're saying with that, uh, that little three-page Neville comic that you had and were handing out to people, when you hand that to someone, they know what you're about. Because you spent your time doing things that you thought were awesome. Yeah. Do work that you want to do, not yeah. work that you think people want to see. Oh, my gosh. That's, like, that's another hugely essential part of Yeah, one. this is what I wanted to get to, because I think this is big. Oh. Yeah. Is, do be, to thine own self, be true, they say. And I think that's absolutely true. Do what you think is awesome. And if you think that hitchhiking dogs is awesome, <laughs> then do a story about hitchhiking dogs. Or if you think that a man has a tiger head on top of, like, Sperry Topsiders, like, <laughs> if you think that is awesome... And then, I do. Then you do a comic about it. And that's what I'm saying. And, like, because a lot of what uh, I talked to some dudes at DreamWorks that were like, yeah, we reviewed your portfolio. Lots of guys thought X-Gag was funny. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that I put that in. You know, and, like, people, like, remember gags or like remembered story points that I did. Hey, remember when you had that duck run a guy through with a turnip? That was hilarious. Like, um, <laughs> and like, and stupid stuff like that that people remember because I was like, huh, I think this gag is funny. I don't know what they'll think, but I'm putting it in. Um, and, and being true to yourself like that um, will be your calling card. And that's the only way you can be enthusiastic about your work and expect other people to be enthusiastic about it. Yeah. Like, okay, it is not a coincidence that the first professional job that I have in comics is drawing a comic about a hard-boiled detective in the 50s in exotic lands, okay? It's because I love that. And anybody who looks at my portfolio can immediately tell, oh, this kid loves that crap. Like, I think about Robert McGinnis when I have nothing to do, you know? Like, um, and, and it's important, man, to be, to be legit and to be honest about your work so that you end up doing something that you like. I have some really talented friends much more talented than I am. He likes to draw, like, death and gore, and he's so good at it, and until he shows his work to someone else who loves that stuff, he will never get a job that he likes. And, like, and that's sort of the deal, man. Um, well, and like you said, uh, the you walk around to a booth and show them your work, and they're like, yeah, we already got a guy that does this. But if you show somebody something that, like, is near and dear to your heart that, like, you truly think is awesome like that, oh, maybe if you've seen something that's like that, but you've never seen it quite like this, I bet... And you can show, and like, put your best foot forward, because like, that is truly you. Um, then it'll be like the most unique thing that you can create. And it hurts a little more when you get shut down. Like, man, oh, sure. oh yeah. my gosh, you go to. Some a lot of people treat you like a leper. 
like 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 they don't want to get your an, an, um, anonymity on them. Like they don't want to get your failure on them when you when you walk up to them because you're nobody. You got nothing. You got nothing to offer anybody. But uh, screw that. That's clearly not the person to help you. Yeah, <laughs> Does that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. so you go on and you find the next person to help you. Like if they don't like your work and you've done every if you've done step one right and people don't like your work, that's not your problem. It's a matter of taste at that point. Yeah. 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 And you need to know that about your work by the time by the time you get to step three. Mm-hmm. And, you, man, yeah. Or, like, okay, I applied for this thing. I'm going to this weird art commune in October with my two favorite living comic book artists um, who are going to help me be a better comic book artist. Craig Thompson and Paul Pope. Yeah, we're going to go hang out together and draw freaking comics. Oh, we're getting kicked out. Are we getting no kicked problem. out? Yes. Okay, we're leaving. Out. No, we're fine. We're, we're podcasting, but we're going to finish up in a minute. We're leaving. We really are. But you're on the recording now. What's your name? My name's Jason. Jason. Hi, Jason. How's it going, what's animation your, What's students? your favorite animated film, Jason? Favorite animated film? Ooh, that's a hard one. So many good ones. Good answer, Pixar Jason. definitely takes a pick, though. Good, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm feeling Sorry, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I bothered to, to, and Anthony really helped with this, and this is another thing. Help your friends! Help your friends! If your friend is making a movie, help him make that movie. And then when you need someone to letter your comic, he will letter it for you out of the goodness of his heart. Because he's a friend. Uh, Anthony helped me put together this portfolio, and I sent it into this thing, because they, you know, weren't going to take just anybody. They wanted to take artists that they liked. And, uh... Oh, so much advice in one session. That was the other thing I wanted to say. Yeah. It's like when you're reaching out to people... Don't reach out to just professionals. It's like people that are going to like help you climb up the ladder. Reach down and pull people up. It's like one of the most frustrating things when I got to BYU is like I was a know nothing sophomore and nobody wanted to help me. Yeah, and I had to help myself. Yeah, like the only dude that was nice to me was Jed Henry because I spoke Japanese. And it was only because he spoke Japanese. <laughs> yeah, and not because like I was a talentless hack. There was no other reason that he would want to hang out with me. I noticed you guys are really, really good at that. This is kind of why I wanted to do this podcast. Oh, I think that it's so important. If you if you have anything to offer, um, yeah. and I hope that some of this that we've said is, has been helpful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you feel like you have anything, anything at all to offer, pass your information on yeah. because that's how people get places. And like the only like Marcelo Vignali is like one of the most talented designers in the industry right now. And the dude took like an hour out of his workday to meet with me when I came to Sony one day and like looked at my portfolio and told me which drawings of mine that he liked. Yeah. And I was like, well, you're Marcelo Vignali. And, like, we joked about our children. And I was like, I'm joking about, like, my children's snot-nosed faces with Marcelo Vignali. <laughs> so he was just a dude. Yeah. yeah. Everybody is just a dude when it comes down to it. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Like, uh, everybody, everybody is a guy. And if you help people out, people will help you out. Like, man, I really, literally, wouldn't have, wouldn't have the jobs that I have now. Any of them? Any of them. And I have four <laughs> right now. Um, ongoing, ongoing projects. But I wouldn't have had oh, any of them. knowledge picks you back up. Yeah, I have core <laughs> knowledge, I have the film, I have image, and then I have this comic that got a green lift that Craig Thompson, my child, like my, my high school comic book hero, is going to help me publish. Yeah. I wouldn't have any of those things if it weren't for Anthony and Jed and my wife. Like, I really wouldn't have any of those things. And so, never underestimate what your friends can freaking do for you, mm-hmm. and help them out. Like, I know that Anthony will help me at any time, and Anthony knows that he can call me at five in the morning and say, "Hey, Jake, I need you to come on Sawyer because we are having a baby." That's true. <laughs> um, I did that. So be 
a week ago. <laughs> Be your friend's go-to guy, you know? Like, and so, so what? So I lost a work day. So what? Yeah. yeah. I've, well, I've got so much more than that. The, well, those relationships are ongoing. Yeah. Those people that you know, like, I mean, like, we're going to know each other from now. I mean, like, we're, we met when we were 20-something. And we'll be best friends till the day we die. Because that's what friends do for each other. You bend over backwards to help each other. Yeah. And then after the friend is bent over backwards, you bake for a said friend a chocolate pie. Because they deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> you let them eat it all by themselves. Yeah. And after that friend has consumed said chocolate pie all by himself, then you call that friend that made you the chocolate pie and wake him up at 5 a.m. to watch your kid. Yeah. <laughs> because he hasn't already done it. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's the deal, man. And so, so be good friends to each other. Be excellent to Be each excellent other. to each other. It's, it's so true. Like, if I Sandy can have... Sandy high school football rules! <laughs> yeah! If I have... And then that may be the most important advice, actually, man. If I didn't have Will and Jed and Anthony constantly helping me get work and helping me finish projects that I can't finish by myself, um, I wouldn't have anything going for me. Yeah. So, yeah, good luck editing this. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> Posted it. Episode one. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, episode four. Yeah. I will go back. It's pretty cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate it. That was part two of our interview with Jake Wyatt and Anthony Holden. Special thanks to the two of them for their time. The proceeding reflected the views and opinions of those speaking, and does not necessarily reflect the opinions, values, or policies of Brigham Young University, its faculty, staff, or sponsoring institution.